This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon, and in the name of the moon, you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words with no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah happy mother's day to all of the loving stronghold give it their all you know do what you got to do moms out there um this is mother's day so just you know this show falls right into mother's day and uh and also happy birthday to my uh younger sister actually uh she her birthday falls into mother's day and she is a mother too so you know happy birthday to her um you know this is a really special day you know rest in peace to my mother and thank you of course because uh i wouldn't be here talking to you guys if not and doing everything that i'm doing because of how hard she had to work to keep me afloat and trust me she worked her ass off to keep me afloat like there are times i shouldn't be here breathing right now or you know anything like my story is a very interesting one to say the least but i put my mom through it and she handled it all and you know to that i thank you and i'm sorry as well <laughs> so uh more, more power to all of you uh all your mothers out there who are really doing your thing and really doing it the right way so all right folks speaking of mom or m-o-m or multiverse of madness we are going to talk about the latest marvel studios entry that is dr strange and the multiverse of madness i'm wondering if they actually knew that they had an acronym of mom within this and it premiered on the weekend on mother's day this one i think they probably just didn't realize but sometimes marvel can be very strategic but nonetheless 
we're going to talk about this movie, what I thought about this movie. A lot of very interesting things came out of this movie. So we will talk about that in our talk topic of the week. But we also got some other news to talk about. And unfortunately, we're going to start off with some very heartbreaking news in the world of comic books. So let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, so we are going to unfortunately start with some really bad news uh, in the world of comic books. And um, this past Friday, we lost undoubtedly one of the greatest of all times in terms of comic book art uh, and artistry. Uh, I would say he is the greatest of his era. Um, I I would love to say greatest of all time, but um, they are artists that are really good and really superseded his level, but he, without him, there would not be them. So the one and only George Perez or Perez um, passed away this past Friday. He was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer uh, last year, um, known for working on both Marvel and DC uh, panels, illustrating some of the most iconic books in comic book history, including Teen Titans, Avengers, Fantastic Four. Yeah, I mean, you need much, much more, but none more, none brought more impact than his work on both DC's Crisis on Infinite Earth, which is like one of the biggest and greatest stories ever told in comics, and Marvel's The Infinity Gauntlet. He worked on both of those epic encounters, and we see today those are still being celebrated. We saw Crisis on Infinite Earth being, you know, portrayed on the Arrowverse, which was awesome. And then, of course, we saw the Infinity Gauntlet being portrayed in the movies under the Infinity War in Endgame. So a lot of that, you know, when you look back and you look back at the iconic covers that he did, um, <laughs> that Infinity Gauntlet cover alone, when that came out, when you saw that cover, you knew something epic was coming. You just knew that all hell was about to go down in the world of the Marvel comic universe. And it did. And his artwork lived up to it. His artwork it absolutely played a major factor. That cover alone really like you gotta understand, like when when comics, man, a, a good cover can really draw people in. No matter you don't even know what is like in it, you don't know what's going on. You just know like this looks major, and I want to jump on it. This is what happens when you when the issues of Crisis on Infinite Earth came out, the iconic issue where Superman is holding you know Supergirl and like he's crying and all you know. You just know something major is happening here. You got to check it out. And this is how important comic book artists is in this world, because like you could have all the writing in the world, but if you don't draw something that really draws you in, that doesn't really track the eye, it doesn't like whatever you wrote in that book can be Pulitzer Prize or it can be like, you know, get some, t it can, it can possibly have a literary award, but if it doesn't visually look good, 
people will not go and get it. You know, not everybody. Unfortunately, this is unfortunate. Like not everybody goes into a book just strictly for the um, for the writing. And I will give a great example, because like in the 90s, a lot of our superstar artists like Rob Layfield, Jim Lee, um, you know, Mark Silvestri, Eric Larson, just name a few. You know, they were all those guys were no joke, but not all the not. All of those books didn't have all the great, uh, you know, all great writing in there. And a lot of it was just like, oh, my God, these visuals are so awesome. But you tend to, you know, don't realize the writing wasn't always the best at that time. But you were drawn in by Jim Lee's fantastic work. Now, Jim Lee, like anything Jim Lee did and with the X-Men and all that stuff, like his the writing in there was great. Uh, the, like, I think Scott Williams. They also work with him and a whole bunch of other like he has his crew. He has this team that he always works with. And I think they all work at, at um in DC with him now when he jumps ship to DC after image. But like he he his stuff is usually strong. Like Rob Liefeld, there were some things, there was some writing, you know, snapoos with that one. Um there were some, you know, other ones too. It wasn't like the artwork was just the strongest part of the whole entire thing. And that's that's just the, the swing of it. Um, but Juris Perez is like when you when it came down to it, like before all of those guys, there was only Juris Perez out there that like people really looked at as the te- you know the ideal template for what comic books should look like. Before you know the rock stars of the '90s came in and just changed everything um, from that point. But yeah, he will forever be remembered for so much work that he put in. Because like I said, without any of the artists that we have today, you know, I mean, without him, there would not be the artists that we have today that played off of him, that were fans of him and say, like, I could do this and then I want to do it my own way. I want to be the next George Perez, but I'm, you know, a Jim Lee, a Rob Liefeld, a Mark Silvestri, a Eric Larson. Um, I'm, you know, I could name a whole slew of people right now that an artist that owes their journey into comic books because um because of george and um he will be dearly missed but he will not be forgotten because that artwork is forever and that's the beauty of being an artist and you know being able to make your mark is that your your legacy and his legacy will absolutely live on forever like he's he would be the Andy Warhol of comic book artists. You know, he, like his stuff will live on forever. It will be on T-shirts. It will be, you know, formatted. It will be displayed. You know, he will be celebrated for a long, a very, 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 very long time. You know, um, so much. I mean, like when when he, the news of his passing came, it's everywhere. Even TMZ covered it. Like this dude is major. Juris Perez is like, <laughs> he is like like i said he's the greatest of his era but one of the greatest of all time bar none so to his thoughts prayers and um you know love to all of his friends and family out there and all the fans as well so uh fortunately we i mean in, in here <clears throat> i think the idea of him just passing away from pancreatic cancer i think that's the unfortunate thing um more or less than anything because you know we are destined but at least to his you know for him 
he left a major impact for decades and in an and, and imprint that we will always remember and never forget. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. And thank you, George Perez. So, uh, let's talk about the, my thoughts on the complete season of moon Knight because it is now over. We had a chance to watch everything and I say it left me absolutely wanting more <laughs> with this show. I tell you, man, it is, um, it is absolutely, it was amazing, right? But I will say that the, um, <clears throat> the end felt a bit rushed, I would say, but also action packed. Like, I think we got a chance to really get the moon Knight action scenes that we were, um, looking for. And we got a bit of some surprises too. that in the form of, uh, Layla becoming a superhero now. She is this version of what do they call her? The Crimson uh, Wing? No, uh, give me a sec. I'm going to look into this. She is now. Let me see. It's she's based on an older character, Scarlet Scarab. Yes. So, if you guys remember, she you know all through the series, she was basically trying to. Um, She's basically trying, you know, Mark Spector was trying not to get her to be the vessel to Hersham uh, because he didn't, he didn't want her to suffer the way that he did. She ended up doing it at the end because they needed help badly. She found um, a, a God that can, you know, guide her and she became the Scarlet Scarab. So unbeknownst to anybody watching, that we knew that she was going to become this new superhero. Now, Scarlet um, Scarab is actually based on an old character from the comics in the Moon Knight series. But this one in, in this series is now a female superhero character. I believe uh, <clears throat> she is the first female Egyptian character ever out there. So and um, it is it's pretty awesome. It was it's pretty awesome. And I really think that they did a good job i love the costume the question is where is this all going because the ending of this series really they left you open-ended they really left us open-ended they had us thinking like okay is this the end is this not even though if you go into disney plus it does say season finale and if they're saying season finale and not series finale that means there is going to be a continuation. I had people on my Facebook page that was um, basically saying that it was the series finale because of some quotes that um, who was the Oscar Isaac was saying. And I had to remind people that you can't necessarily hear, you know, unless Kevin Feige says it himself and, and literally lays it down. You can't necessarily, you can't necessarily listen to what she like what they say because actors are abided by what is called an NDA, a non-disclosed agreement, saying that they can't speak about everything that goes on. So he can say he can beat around the bush and say whatever he want, but it it really doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen. That it isn't going to happen. Um, <clears throat> So, you know, I had to, I talked to my man, Philip in an ACG Facebook group because he 
put in a um and think he he jokingly i love this because he said he heard that this was the series finale and he was like i asked him where you know can, where where was this confirmed you know as in where is the source and he pretty much said like you know i should have copied the link when i saw it but all i remember it wasn't from we got this covered uh, dot com which is like the worst website ever for actual you know true source material like you nobody ever that is that that website is a joke you never go to that website if you're listening to this now we got this covered.com constantly provides false source material they always say that they have sources or whatever like that but nobody's ever backed it up and there were celebrities who would actually tell you that it's not true this is not true they've never had anything their sources mean nothing okay so um jokingly so because i literally it's so to the point that i had to fact check many times on what they said and discovered that they weren't what they said weren't true and nobody else was covering what nobody else was covering what they said like not even major media groups like this this i wish that this website would be shut down because of what they do but i've banned any links coming from the site in the acmg facebook group that's how bad it like i literally have that as a rule in the acmg facebook uh group you cannot post anything from this website it is not a valuable website a, um a valid or a website with merit so he put that down on a joke but i also uh he finally found it it was on comic you know.com you know and comicbook.com also put it as you know the headlines and and it, their headline said oscar isaac reveals disappointing update on uh moon Knight season two i disagree with that because i read the actual i've read the the deal and i think when the time comes they're going to be wrong i think this is a clickbait you know um headline and for people who just want to read you know just go by the headlines of everything and not read the article i read the article and in it, our, Isaac says, I think we approached it as, and when you say, I think we approached it as, it doesn't necessarily provide conviction. It doesn't say, I think we, you know, I, it doesn't say, yeah, this will be the end. I think we approached it does not clarify that it is. So I think that is, it's them saying like, don't say nothing. It's coming back. It'll happen. Um, on like and we it's been days it's been days if you had a error in anything that would provide you know content that you provide into any format in any platform it doesn't take long to, to upload and change it they had on on disney plus it still says season finale on there if they were wrong they get it only takes a few minutes to make that correction and upload it back into the um into the you know menu and all that stuff so it says season finale, which means there is going to be another season. And why this conversation is coming up is because, you know, at the end, there was, and, and all through the last episode, there was some noticeable things that were happening that Mark and Steven weren't even aware of. That was another character in the, uh, that was in the actual vessel with Mark and Steven and lo and behold it was in fact another 
another character and I gotta look this up because I didn't uh Moon Knight. So I didn't look this up and I did um what the guy's name is, but apparently they are looking to do another season and it's gonna be involving this other guy. Um and this other guy who is in the comic books apparently actually basically is inhabiting Mark's and Steven's body as well. And this guy is even worse than those two in the sense that that he actually um he he's a he's a bit of a mercenary guy. So they adding this new guy to it, it, it basically I'm trying to find the name of this third dude that is in the body. But at the end we saw that uh Hersham basically is now in control of their body still after all of this is happening and he's they basically took out all of the people involved in this so this is just it it this is going to continue it, it you know it normally they would say moon knight uh will be back but it didn't really happen that way and they just left us open ended. People are just confused as to whether the show is coming back. I think it absolutely is coming back because now you got this third in inhabited uh, soul in this body, um, and you know, Kershu is now Kunshu is like really like a he's now become a villain in this whole thing. So I I I'm looking forward to this. I thought it was great. Um, thought it was a great series. It just felt like there was so much to unpack with the characters with mark and with um and and with steven but we did get a lot of that in the last episode where they were doing the origin story of how this new persona manifested and you know based on his you know his unfortunate upbringings or whatnot and now it's like we're gonna see something different you know ethan hawk is no longer his character is no longer under the table because they offed him at the very end and it's gonna be interesting uh hopefully the next time around we'll get to see more of the uh of moon knight and i think that was the one thing that i had issues with is that you know there was so much to unpack we didn't get it enough entirely enough you know screen time with the moon knight character with him in the suit and all that stuff but i you know for the most part i thought they did a great job um i thought this is oscar isaac's best role that i've seen in, in in his attempt to become an established uh character in the marvel you know cinematic universe and uh i really dug this i really really dug this so i'm i really enjoyed this overall and i look forward to see what's going to happen again with this series because and and who's he going to join up with who are we going to see him with how is this going to connect to other people in the universe like you know there's he's normally known for being one of the marvel knights as well so i mean him with blade with dr strange i mean we can see all of this happen you know there's there's very much hopefully they'll find a way to bring back ghost rider because ghost rider was on, on ages of shield was one of my favorite seasons ever of ages of shield i thought they did a great job and i really hate the idea that they they uh they derailed the Ghost Rider series with Robbie Reyes 
Dude, he was awesome. <laughs> he was fantastic in that series. I really wanted to see them do it again. I hope they bring him back like they are doing with Matt Murdock and all the stuff because Ghost Rider has like to stand on. Even if he's like, even if it's not his own show, just, you know, add him with the Moon Knight series or do something like that. I really want to see all that put together. But what's great about it is that like all of it still connects. All of them still there. And it's just awesome. So, um, let's move on to another much anticipated series that we all know love cobra kai season five is can you believe that this series is not only that this series is successful but but they made it to five seasons this see this series really reminds me of um fast and furious I think it, it in a lot of ways it did the exact same thing that Fast and Furious did in terms of we did not expect this to be not only good, but for it to last as long. Like Fast and Furious is now and it's coming with its 10th movie, um, albeit without Justin Lin, unfortunately. That's going to be interesting to see what happens from that. But maybe he'll come back. Who knows? We'll see. Damn you, Vin Diesel. But that's a whole other situation. But this this series has really outdid itself it like actually superseded itself from the actual original that's never been done like for a series to be even better than the original first three movies just unbelievable man i, I you know they have done so much here and i love this because i found this meme i think i could credit kyle Abair for this i think i forgot because kyle Abair, the voice of gohan the voice fagum you know, he posts a lot of really funny memes. Like all of his, his whole entire platform is just making people laugh. That's, and I love him for it. I absolutely love him for it. We talked about that when he was on the show, when I interviewed him, I just love the idea that he just makes, he, he makes people laugh because he, he realizes that out of all the toxicity that we have in here, he makes people bully. He makes people, um, smile with his platform and thank you for that Kyle but there was this meme that made so much sense about the premise of what goes on <laughs> with uh Cobra Kai and this and the meme said two dads going through a middle a midlife crisis uh accidentally starts a gang war I mean that really truly is the premise of Cobra Kai <laughs> in a nutshell I thought it was hilarious that that's exactly what's happening and this time around uh if you guys remember they basically uh, from the last part the guy from karate kit 3 is back i forgot his name let me see if i can go into uh, imdb with this and go to because i want to make sure that i find who do they have him on here he's smart enough to have this because he's a he's like the main villain for this time because john crease is in jail because of him <laughs> at this point and it's so much going on if you guys remember um you know so i forgot that they don't they never have the people that i'm looking for on the top let me see if i can find them should i just yeah, Thomas Silver, uh, Thomas Ian Griffin, who plays Terry Silver, um, 
who basically is the original guy, you know, the original bad guy from part three. So if you guys remember that the premise of like last season was that John Kreese wanted to, you know, he wanted to get really go after Johnny and um, Danny or Daniel because they were, you know, coming together to face them. So he needed more. He needed more manpower. He needed more financial power. He went and got um, Silver back and Silver was recovering, you know, from PTSD and everything that he was going through and all the cocaine filled stuff that he was doing in part three and John Kreese, the manipulator that he is brought him back in and he opened up a can of worms that he now regrets because this dude ended up taking over the entire Cobra Kai. He set up John Kreese. John Kreese is in jail now, which means John Kreese is now going to be possibly teaming up with Johnny and Daniel in, in, in this season when he gets out of jail, if he gets out of jail. Um, so you got that situation and also Cobra Kai won the tournament, which means now silver is basically now using that power to finance everything and open up more Cobra Kai, you know, places in, in the entire uh, Valley. So he's now becoming even more powerful than ever. <laughs> so with this whole thing, meanwhile, Miguel decided to leave. He, he, he actually decided to uh, forfeit his right in the tournament and he went to go search for his father. Now, in this one, we got Johnny and Robbie Keane for some reason, who's like not feeling this. Um, he got suckered into going to save Miguel from his father, who apparently his father is a really bad dude. So they got to go down to Mexico. We're going to see that storyline happen. We also um, got Tori, who's also kind of conflicted because she knows that the tournament was rigged for her to win. So now she's conflicted with, you know, that situation going on and whether her and Samantha are going to reconcile with that, that's a whole entire thing that's going to happen there. And we also got all of the other storylines that are happening too. We also got my man from, um, I forgot his name, the, uh, the guy from Japan, you know, that was also Daniel's, you know, enemy on part two, his, you know, teaming up with him and he's going to be coinciding with him and everything too. So this is, a, is the writing in this show is just beyond awesome. I am so looking forward to this. It's coming September 9th. They already got a date for it. It's happening. I cannot wait. Um, this show does no wrong. And what I'm, you know, what I really love about this, like the writers of Cobra Kai, and I'm not a big fan of writers in pro wrestling, but what these guys have done in Cobra Kai is they really did a they did a, an actual pro wrestling style storyline where it's like sometimes the good guys will turn bad sometimes the bad guys will become good like i'm i think that's the thing for me as a pro wrestling fan i'm watching pro wrestling angles happen in a dramatic fact this is what i guess vince mcmahon and the wwe were trying to do but it somehow is working better on this show than it is in, in their platform. Like whatever they're doing is nonsensical, but like watching this, this Cobra Kai is more pro wrestling than pro wrestling or than WWE right now. It's more sports entertainment than, than WWE right now. I, I can't understand why they're doing it and how their formula is working, but it is. And I, 
I thought, I think it's just an awesome thing. I think it's just an, a terrific thing. They get you going. And, and with the premise of the show is yin and yang. Because not everything is good and not everything is bad. And sometimes things get, you know, there's some things that are brought into the situation that change the fate of people. You know, and it always happens like this. So it's, I like the idea that it's like, they give you like, not everybody is completely bad. And that's what, that was the biggest premise with Daniel. And the whole thing, if you guys remember, the whole entire situation that started with Cobra Kai was based on the, I, I honestly, I don't know truly, but I believe the basis of how Cobra Kai became could have been from How I Met Your Mother. Because Neil Patrick Harris as Barney did an episode where he advocated that, you know, that uh, Johnny was the actual good guy in this whole thing. And I don't think that discussions ever come up until the episode came. And they were talking about like, no, Daniel is actually the bad guy here. He was the one that, you know, tried to go after his girl, despite the fact him know, her knowing this. And he was the one that was like, when you look back, they really put in, it brought a perspective. And I think that actually helped bring Cobra Kai to fruition and, you know, bring it back. And then he, and then later on, and I think that episode, they also had, um they really brought in daniel um into the actual episode or um williams uh zapka into that episode to talk about how he was the he was the good guy in that whole thing so i thought it was hilarious and i think they really started the you know started the engine that is now cobra kai and all these five seasons that we have from there because of that debate and it was like okay yeah when you really put it in perspective was Johnny the actual bad guy? And it created this blurred line with it that we're now seeing constantly on this whole thing. So it turned out to be a great series. You know, it'd be really cool if they actually got Neil Patrick Harris in one of these episodes. Um, because this series has gotten actually really big <laughs> at this point that a lot of people are watching and loving this episode, uh, loving this series uh, graciously. So i'm looking for september 9th on netflix but one of the best things netflix has right now and hopefully this is they can never they can't cancel this at this time like this is one of the hottest shows they have on this in this uh in this company or in this company right now so uh last bit of news actually i do want to mention there is a new DC animated uh, cartoon coming out, animated movie coming out based on John Stewart's Green Lantern. So it uh, shout out to Jim Caston who actually found it, posted it on the uh, ACMG Facebook group. Coming July 26, 2022, Green Lantern, Beware My Power. The official trailer's out. They're the same artwork that they're using for, for the Superman um, series and the Wonder Woman series. They're continuing on using this. I love this new art style. His new art and animated style is beautiful. Um, and it's coming to digital in uh, Blu-ray, July 26, 2022. And I think this is the origin story of Jon Stewart, if I'm correct. So they're giving it to him. And I'm looking forward to this. I, I really, really, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Jon Stewart character. So I'm glad that they're focusing on him this time. And I, I, I'm a fan of Hal Jordan too, but... John Stewart is just dope. <laughs> okay. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Green Arrow is going to be on air. Celestial is going to be on air. Uh, Hawk Girl 
is going to be on air as well looks like um in a host of others so this is going to be very intergalactic again animation i'm just looking at it right now animation is just stunning this is why I, what i do love about uh dc is their definite their animated movies and animated features just always awesome so looks pretty dope i'm looking forward to it so get ready it's coming from there all right last bit of news i wanted to talk about is the miz yes we're kind of keeping it still pro wrestling but this is you know if anybody's read the article you know what this is about mortal kombat 2 is coming uh i don't know if it's filming yet when is it going to be in film i don't know if they fell they i don't think they cast maybe they have cast the uh the role of johnny cage but you know the miz is actually still campaigning for him to actually be the second uh you know the role of johnny cage here um don't have they don't have anything yet for that character you know mortal kombat came out in 2021 surprised a lot of people by being a really good uh video game movie a successor to the original mortal kombat movie that came out in the 90s and it was really good um you know they changed a few things around but not too much and i like this newer version this this newer depiction of it it was really awesome special effects were great the characters are great and at the end if you guys remember they you know when uh cole young who is like the new character in this series that they created just for this movie um cole young now working with right uh raiden is going to be looking for new recruits and they were you know one of the first ones he's going to be looking for is johnny storm they have not revealed who johnny storm was yeah and there's everybody wondering who johnny a lot of people who watch the film fans of the film is just wondering who johnny storm is going to be um and honestly you know i i i'm not the biggest fan of the miz but i do recognize his strengths and one of his strengths is that he has a hell of a lot of charisma um he's hella confident he actually doesn't seem like a really bad guy but he sometimes could be misguided because of his he's one of those guys who is just totally misguided because of his privileges and he's not exactly the most humble dude in the world so he only understands what goes on in his life and not the lives of others i remember there was a, a legit real world discussion and one of the wwe smack talk episodes or whatever where him and biggie langston biggie from new day had this conversation on how a lot of black talent in wrestling do not get the same opportunities and you know the opportunities aren't as easy to get than it is for other talent that are not black or not people of color and miz is just totally and take note this is before 2020 so i don't know if Miz's mindset has changed since then because of the situations that has happened in 2020, but he felt that everybody gets an opportunity in WWE. No, it's not that simple. Big E really put it out there like, no, it's really not that, that's not really the case. And this is really not the case in this company. 
so but Miz because of his privileges and his abilities to be able to like he feels that he got it easy so he could be a little bit one-dimensional minded maybe even two-dimensional minded in terms of situations but he you know he based his journey and compares like as if like everybody can have the same journey if they work hard somebody people can work their ass off and be black and still not get those opportunities because people are not providing it just is but i digress he does have the personality and honestly his persona really is like he is a living breathing johnny cage just persona wise character wise he is a perfect fit for this character because he plays up to that character perfectly now where what it comes down to is his physical ability his athletic ability to be able to pull off that he is one of the best martial artists in the world and that's where everything shambles because if you ever watch a Miz match you know that he only has a few bits of you know moves in his arsenal and none of it is based on martial arts and when he was feuding with um Brian Danielson when he was with Brian Danielson was Daniel Bryan um he was trying to do the same kicks that daniel bryan was doing and it didn't need nowhere near lived up but it was supposed to be that he was supposed to be doing it you know that way but they were selling it as if he was giving quality you know kicks like um brian Danielson. that's far from the case um but he's been campaigning to become johnny cage and i think in a recent interview or somebody who um you know questioned him or asking him a question or whatever like that at set and he responded he said i have been working on my splits uh i've been working on my kicks so he declared uh as soon as i saw that mortal Kombat was out and there was no johnny cage yet and my name was literally trending worldwide number one which it was that is very true because again he is he's he he is the spiritual he's the, he's the spiritual embodiment of johnny cage like literally he is that dude for like i i believe that he probably did use he probably really played mortal Kombat back in the day and saw johnny cage in the character and was like that i i, I dig this dude <laughs> yeah i really dig this dude uh and to some credit he has lived up to the johnny cage character i mean his he the movies that he's come out with is kind of the movies that johnny cage would come out with you know what i'm saying so it, it there's a lot there's a there's some strong positives as to why he probably could be johnny cage um they just need a stunt double <laughs> just case so he said um you know you know it was trending number one worldwide it was that that's some legitimacy to it we want Miz as johnny cage uh i was like if they want that to happen i need to basically make sure that i am prepared and ready that if the opportunity presents itself then I would be ready and focused and you know what i think if he was given that opportunity I, I i wouldn't put it past him he would i think he would put a lot of effort into it i think he worked his ass off to do it because to his credit regardless of what i think of his in ring or whatever or his you know mindset or whatever the dude has worked his ass off because he had to prove himself because he was a reality star that was coming into a business to an archaic business that you know thought that he was just gonna you know fly in and 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 you know just go on his 
fame of this reality star crap and no he did not do that to his credit he did not do that he earned it he really became became an established dude um and they made him work hard they made him work his ass off for it because they didn't want him to just come in thinking that like it was all you know easy to do and he to his credit he's he's got it now will he make it outside of the world of wrestling and another wrestling promotion or something like that maybe maybe not who knows he probably had to start all over again working wwe and working at indies or working you know for another promotion that has a different philosophy on wrestling that's a whole different thing but for wwe standards he's on he is their model guide he's their templated guy so you know if he does i i will i won't be bad if he gets casted i just think that they need to make sure that he rather does the moves right or this dude i wonder if he's ever taken martial arts classes period like i think that's the thing too he's gonna have to take martial arts classes like not just when they cast him he should be doing it right now he should be like if he really wants this he needs to be a, he needs to train in martial arts I, he's never said he's trained in martial arts to this day I, he just does a kick or two or he i don't know to what end like i think it's a bad deal if he decides that like if they choose to want to cast him and then he decides to do it because he now has a shorter time to train and to really do it and i know it's not like he's not the first guy that would you know had to do that other stars have done it too like this you know the cast of matrix had to learn how to do martial arts when they never trained for martial arts before that and they made it work so it's not to say it's so far off you know this is not a normal it's not the first time a warner brothers movie you know had to involve people learning something on a quick um but i think if he really wants this i think he should start training now and not if or when in this case so and plus it'll add on to his arsenal too and in the wrestling ring so it'll be interesting and cool thing to do so folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back and we're going to talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. What did I think of this follow-up? We're going to find out right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Allison Lee Rosenfeld, the voice of Bonnie and Nurse Joy from Pokemon, Rio Castle, Riley, and Allie from Yu-Gi-Oh! and star of Crumbly Kitchen. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Boy, what a ride. <laughs> I did not know what to expect from this film, but I would dare say like I really enjoyed it. It 
didn't necessarily blow me away in any stretch um it wasn't like the greatest of them all and not all, with the amount of marvel films that they've come out with you can't expect all of them like the next one to be the best you just gotta hope that at least be solid and above average to a lot of other comic book based films especially from dc of course but it it, it really did a great job following up with the uh first one this is sam Raimi's in, uh introduction into the marvel cinematic universe and you know you, you tend to wonder how he was going to do and how he was going to fare in this new territory like this is not this is not like uh the what's i going to say like this is not the actual um sony verse that he is so used to this is now new territory he's working with a new group however this is gonna fare and uh i thought he did a pretty good job he did his thing he he added his spin to the whole thing and i think dr strange was a perfect pick for him i thought he i thought it was a great you know aside from you know doing spider-man and the evil dead and all this stuff like he's known for his horror you know style and he did it also really known for capturing the comic book feel from the panel to the to the camera to the motion picture he i thought he did a great job again I, I felt when i watched it i felt like i was literally watching a comic book come to life once again this is everything that i watched in comic books for years i've seen come to life and he of all people more than anything and he, remember he's one of the people that really put in the template of how a great comic book movie should be with spider-man one and two and to some extent three but the writing and stuff was the thing that went wrong but the film of the movie was still right you know in, in the whole entire thing but you know here this this i think this was more up his alley than anything because he was able to add a horror element to this and i think he, he you could tell he really enjoyed himself doing this what i loved about this movie most is the unexpected elements of it like we all knew that wanda maximoff was going to be in there we knew that there was a connection between wanda vision and this movie we didn't know to what extent and we found out greatly so basically the story of this uh movie is that after you know stephen strange cast a forbidden spell that opens a doorway to multi to the multiverse including alternate versions of himself you know it, it causes a riff in this whole entire thing and now you have america chavez who is running away from a threat who's trying to grab her and you know by grabbing her it'll she has that she america chavez who is in a comic book she's part of she was once part of the group known as a force and you know she's from the ultimate universe if i'm correct and she has the ability to travel to different multiverses at will and someone found this out a big evil threat found this out and decided to try to take her down and you know acquire her powers so she has been teaming up with different dr stranges throughout different universes and the movie starts off with her teaming up with the defenders version of dr strange the ultimate universe version of dr strange which i thought was absolutely awesome with ponytail and everything with the definite suit and all this stuff i thought that was so awesome that we got to see that version first um unfortunately he did not last because the monsters that was coming after him took him down but 
America Chavez was able to travel to what we now know is the 616 of the universe, which is funny because this is the second movie to to actually say that the earth that the prime universe that we watch since uh iron man is the 616 if you guys recall mysterio quentin beck actually said that you know they were from earth 616 but he played it off as if it was like a joke like he made it it was a fictitious thing that he was saying he wasn't for real about it but in here we find out that that's not the case that it like um rachel mcadams character christine in another universe also calls the their universe 616 you know by number so i thought that was really interesting that they, they, they're officially making it to 616 of all of the universes here and so she traveled america travels to you know earth 616 finds this version of dr strange in hopes that they can help um help uh, america chavez played by i'm gonna butcher this name because i've never seen a name like this before zuchiti gomez i'm probably sure i'm butchering it but she you know she's the newest entry of the marvel cinematic universe the introduction of america chavez is in um let me take a side note to say you know sorry saudi arabia but you lost out because for the few seconds of the acknowledgement that she has two mothers you you guys are petty that is a total petty thing to do and if you know sorry sorry for the people of saudi arabia who probably wanted to see this movie but didn't and hopefully you'll find a way to see it somehow but it was not really it, it was just it, it just that, that's a whole nother situation but you know so we see her in here representing all <laughs> and you know she teams she now teams up with the 616 doctor strange our doctor strange and now that they, now they're trying to travel out to find out who this threat is so the big twist with this movie is that we know scarlet witch is here max uh, wanda maximoff is here what we don't know is that what we come to find out is that wanda spoiler alert people if you haven't first of all if you if you're listening to this and haven't watched this yet wait till you go see it if not i'm about to spoil it now because there's no way in hell i can't talk about this because this is a big thing come to find out that wanda is the person going after america chavez and they got right on that at the very beginning so if you guys recall in the, in the very end of wandavision we saw that wanda got a hold of the dark hold in the last episode and now that she's got a hurt um a hold of the dark hold book which if i'm correct it is the same book that was used in ages of shield they are now using this element as a way of saying that like wanda has been taken over by the dark um by the dark magic of this whole thing and she's been corrupted and it's manipulating her want inability to have the kids that she had in wandavision because in different universes she saw that she you know a lot of other wanda's had kids and that wasn't the case so when you the, when you had when they had the kids in there and she was envisioning those kids it's kind of like the situation the dream walking situation that they have in a movie where she envisioned those types those same looking kids because in other universes they have 
kids that look just like it. So those kids are do exist in other universes, just not the one that this Wanda is in. And also, I want to take note to mention here that the kids in there who also are the same two kids that were in WandaVision, I feel like that this movie was filmed prior to WandaVision. I could be absolutely wrong, but those kids look a little bit younger in this movie than they did in WandaVision, which looks like they got taped uh, probably after the fact. So it's very interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the behind the scenes of this movie to see what came first or whatever like that. But Wanda is the main bad guy. And I'm thinking like, okay, is another bad guy gonna come in this movie sooner or later? No, she was the main villain from start to end. And I love this because you never thought that you're going to see a hero become a villain in this movie. And honestly, this is not the first time we've seen this in Marvel Comics with with um, the Scarlet Witch. She actually has been on both sides in the in the comics. So this is not, you know, for those who haven't read the comics, this is actually true to form that she would be a villain but it's not like like we talked about this with cobra kai it's not like all black and white there's a gray situation because much like her father in the comic books aka magneto he's a villain for a purpose he's a villain for a reason and she's playing up to her father's you know philosophy here where in the comics magneto was always the villain that was you know he was villain by cause and his cause was a means to protect but his methods were different wanda did the same thing here in a sense where she's doing it because she wants to have her children she wants some type of normalcy she wants some type of happiness back that she got when she took over the jersey town and what or was it westview i believe and you know made it into her own you know atmosphere she still wanted that and we thought that she came to terms with that come to find out no that is not the case um when she talked to monica rambeau you know we thought that she was things were going to change no it got worse it really got worse now and um you know strange he really knew he knew something was up he knew he played right into her and and it called her bluff with the whole thing so yeah it comes to find out that she's the one that's been behind all these monsters trying to come after america chavez so now she's going after her and she's the dark hold has got such control of her that she has become murderous <laughs> like she is like what she's done now is almost like you can't go back you you can't come back from this because it was, she went into multiple universes and killed and destroyed many lives like they didn't pull punches with this they went all out with this whole thing so we got to talk about some of the highlights of this whole thing so oh i do want to add too that there was a scene in here where wong strange and chavez were in a coffee shop and they were explaining how he is aware of the multiverse because of what he did with spider-man what i want to address is that yes in no way home he cast a spell that made everybody around p 
Peter and everybody around the world forget who Peter was. I want to explain something because I think people don't remember or understand. If you go back to No Way Home at the very beginning, before they even cast that spell, even came up with the idea to cast a spell, Wong and Steven were arguing about doing this, this spell that will help people forget that Peter Spider-Man the first time around before the cataclysmic you know situation that happened with that spell but if you remember Doctor Strange said do you he asked Wong do you remember that party that we had in such and such and such that was so wild that they made us they put the spell on it to make people forget Wong said no I don't remember Steven said exactly <laughs> so Steven remembers that nobody else doesn't which means steven still knows who peter parker is everybody else does not know steven strong steven strange knows who, who spider-man is that spell didn't it, it doesn't make the cat the person who cast it forget it makes everybody else forget so let's keep that in mind <laughs> when when that situation because i had um i had um my man naj when we talked about it in the group, like I, I had to address this like, uh, guys, you, you got to remember people know, uh, Dr. Strange still knows who Peter Parker is. And also note that the fact that Spider-Man does still exist in that universe. So that's sweet. Um, cause Naj had a reason to believe that like the way, you know, they're aware of Spider-Man, not Peter Parker. Remember the spell erased Parker's mind. And I'm like, no, that is not the case because of the discussion that they had at the beginning of no way home that spell was meant to make everybody else around him but the person who cast it to spell so he knows he he knows he still knows that peter is spider-man more than anybody else so that uh that's a whole thing right there and spider-man still exists so hopefully <laughs> they'll keep teasing the idea that spider-man is around or some form of fashion so that was one thing i wanted to mention here the other thing um, that I wanted to mention that we got to talk about here, probably the most polarizing scene of the entire movie, the Illuminati scene. <laughs> the Illuminati scene was awesome and crazy at the same time. It was awesome because of who was a part of the Illuminati. We all been wondering who the Illuminati was going to be, um, who they were choosing to be for this. There was a lot of rumors of who was going to be. I put up a question of who people thought the Illuminati was going to be. Um, one of which unfortunately people did not get. And I'm actually glad that that didn't happen because I don't think I, I said before, I don't think people are ready to see another Tony Stark. There was rumors that Tom Cruise, who was supposed to be the original pick for, um, Tony Stark was going to be another universe version, a variant of Tony Stark. And that could have been possible, but I don't think people are ready to see a replacement for Tony Stark no more than the people wanted to see a replacement for Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. So um, that was the case here. And it looks like they, they didn't pull go on with it. And I don't know who knows how much they would have had to pay Tom Cruise to do that to. I mean, that dude ain't cheap <laughs> either. So that was not the case. But the 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 selections that they had were absolutely awesome and very close to the comic book as well. So 
apparently, you know, we saw the scene in the commercials where Bear Modu, you know, is going to come in and announced that he, um, you know, that the Illuminati played by um, Ch um, Chiwetel. Uh, oh, God, I always butcher his name. I always butcher his name. <laughs> I will not ever say his name. But, you know, Bear Mordu uh, actually in this universe kind of was supposed to be a good guy in here. But, you know, we soon find out that that's not the case. But he is, in fact, a member of the Illuminati. But he he tricks both um, America and Steven into, you know, getting knocked out and being put in the cells. This leads to Stephen Strange, because in this universe, apparently Stephen Strange, um, he died a hero from what the world knows. But in this universe, he kills Thanos. He destroys Thanos, but also ends up, you know, getting being destroyed as well because he's become too powerful. He did something that decided that the Illuminati needed to take him out. And that became the situation. So they actually got into the Illuminati lair and lo and behold, we got all six members of the Illuminati here. And much to our pleasure, we get the live action introduction of Captain Carter played once again and reprised by um, Haley Atwell in here. And she looked every bit as awesome in live action with this suit on and the shield as she did with the actual, um, you know, animated series. I guarantee when New York Comic Con comes this year, there's going to be an enormous amount of Peggy Carter, Captain Carter cosplays out there. And we had one last year. Um, I took a picture with a Captain Carter last year. Oh, it's going to be double that this year because now we get to see it in person. It is on. So the next member that we got to see, I was wondering if, this, if we were going to see him. We officially saw him. We saw Reed Richards in here and uh this was absolutely awesome he is played by um the office Let's see i forgot the office cast and jack ryan uh he's played by john uh krasinski aka jim from uh the office and jack ryan from you know tom clancy's jack ryan he is reed richards in this universe and i gotta stress it out he is reed richards in this universe they have still not announced on imdb who is going to be Bree Richards and the initial movie. But we get to see Avery Richards first here and he looked dope. He looked awesome. I liked the beard. And this is the he he, he kind of played off like the ultimate universe Bree Richards because in the ultimate universe version, he has a beard and all this stuff. Um but that's the same one that becomes evil and becomes the eradicator too. <laughs> so, which like is one of the most vicious villains ever. <laughs> in the ultimate universe love the the villain version of Reed Richards but he uh he became you know one of the Illuminati here which in the comics Reed Richards is the Illuminati in here as well I was very happy that they did this because I mentioned this character um in my predictions of it and they, it actually did it Black Bolt not just any Black Bolt this is the actual black bolt with the suit not like the one that from the series that we had not to say that the, um not to say that the one from the series was bad but in terms of you know suits and costumes and everything like it kind of didn't live up to what we wanted to see 
from it but this was they actually did it they actually uh gave him the actual suit with the and it wait was he now here's the thing anson mount played um is this human oh my god it actually is the same actor from the inhumans tv show so this is legit yo um anson mount who played black bolt in the actual inhumans movie i mean tv series reprised his role as black bolt that is awesome it's absolutely awesome i didn't realize this i'm looking at imdb right now they he's uncredited in the movie but he's credited uh he's he is credited in imdb he's this the same black bolt that is fantastic which means they're still connecting in humans to the actual series now i actually might want to watch that series again even though it wasn't the best series in the world but he the dude reprised his role but this time in full costume this mask and everything and we got to literally see him use his powers because they did the flashback of what happened to dr strange um in there so i thought that was really awesome they respect because this is the second time they did this they brought back daredevil from his series now they brought back um i mean i kudos to marvel studios for sticking to their guns but like even though something doesn't work out you know once they make something it's still connected to that universe i dig that i really dig that the other big surprise here was captain marvel but not our cat not not our captain marvel it actually in this universe maria lambeau who is um carol denver's best friend in the movie is captain marvel here so we got to see her in the kree uniform in the actual kree uniform and everything and she's captain marvel here so that was a big surprise i did not expect that to happen i thought that was dope she had some really great fighting scenes fighting off um wanda and everything so we got to see that was the other thing we we got to see all of them use their powers and it was really cool um and then of course we heard his voice we saw teases of this and it's official professor x made his debut in the marvel cinematic universe sir patrick stewart himself once again reprising his role as charles xavier but not just any charles xavier he they gave him the works they actually not only played a hint of the 90s cartoon but they also gave him the the hovering wheelchair from the actual comics from the jim lee comics and from the actual uh, animated series i thought this was beyond fantastic and not only that we got to see like the cool part about the scene was that we got to see everybody like we got to see captain carter be captain carter and do her action pack you know scenes we got to see Reed richards you know you know do his stretching thing and become silly putty and play-doh at that point we got to see black bolt be you know give his powers captain marvel do her powers professor xavier what i loved about this because if you remember when we watched the old movies we never got a chance to see like when they used to do the mind powers we were it was implied that they were doing mind powers no not here saint Raimi was like no we're going full comic book here we got to see the waves the mental waves that we normally see in the comic books happen here and it didn't look 
cheesy or over the top. It looked awesome. We also got to see him go inside Wanda's mind and, you know, do stand up and walk and everything, because that's what normally happens when, you know, Charles Xavier goes into the mind of other people. He can walk in his own mind and he can do all the things that he can't do when he's outside the astral, you know, plane of his mind. It was just so well done. That scene is absolutely my favorite scene ever. Now, this all comes to, to comes to literal crap when Wanda kills everybody. <laughs> she kills everybody. It is and it, it, it is not just like she kills everybody. It's gruesome. It is freaking almost Mortal Kombat level to, to some people. I think the one who got it the worst. I think the two. God, it, man, does she like she went in almost Thanos style with the Affinity Gauntlet. Let's go down the list here. I think Captain Carter was bad because we didn't get to see it and say it was implied. But, you know, her own she died by her own shield, uh, which means she probably got cut in half with her shield in this case. So she was I think she was the last one to die. Reed Richards got turned into silly putty. Uh, literally, like he, he uh, she, she did him dirt. Um, Black Bolt was the worst. Black Bolt was the worst. So she did something that Thanos has done with um, Star Fox uh, in the original Infinity Gauntlet series. And basically, which I think was a play, I think that was kind of an Easter egg from the Infinity Gauntlet uh, series. Basically, in the books, Thanos took out took away um his brother star fox's mouth so he wouldn't talk they did wanda did the same thing to black bolt here but the problem was black bolt didn't think thoroughly about this and he decided to talk but when he talks his powers his mutant power his human powers is if he talks it destroys everything so he talked what with no mouth and it bounced back into him and blew his brains out. And all you saw was his head, a bubble from his head, like quickly burst, like we just knew what happened. And he died instantly. It was gruesome. <laughs> it was like, oh, damn. Um, Captain Marvel uh, died when, you know, she had a, a statue, I believe a statue of herself or something, fall on her or whatever, what not. And then also Professor X, that was horrible too. Like, um, she actually snapped his head from inside. Like she pulled a Freddy Krueger on him. So basically he was trying to save the innocent Wanda that was um, inside of her and tried to free her, but she got pulled back into the rubble that she was trapped in. And if he had a chance to really be able to pull her out, he could probably save Wanda's, you know, innocent side that was being corrupted by the Darkhold. So he knew exactly what was going on and it didn't happen. She ended up going back into the dark and then Scarlet Witch was in his head, quickly came in and snapped his head and killed him. Not only in the dream, the, the conscious, subconscious, but in the real world as well. And you saw like quickly, like boom, right there. So I think the only one that's still alive is Baron Mardo in that universe because he was taken out by Stephen Strange. So she never got him. So he's still alive and there will be a third movie. Take note. So, um, you know, I, you, as you, if you watch this and listen, there will be a third movie coming soon. So that 
that was just the wildest situation here. And then, you know, it just all culminated to Wanda and, and, and her at the end. And Wanda finally coming to terms and realized that, like, of how corrupt she's become when, the, you know, she goes into the other dimension and tries to, you know, she tries to she tries to uh, warm up to the kids of her, her kids in the other dimension and the other universe but see how much she has hurt their mother because she's used a spell to dreamcast and take over and inhabit her mom um steven did the same thing and took the corpse of the ultimate universe and became now zombie dr strange and it just got so crazy at the end it was so dope but she finally realized that you know what she was doing was hurting people more than trying to harm you know heal people and she ended up finding a way to destroying not only the dark hold that she had but the dark hold in every single universe around her now somebody in the acmg group alana i believe uh in the acmg group felt that how you know was wondering how was she able to do this i'm like and i i had to reply and i'm like this i mean it does sound like really crazy but wanda's powers is that powerful even in the comic books you got to remember wanda in the comic books this is a character who with one word or what three words took out an entire race when she said no more mutants and that alone because she became an omega level you know uh mutant at this point that alone took out damn near the entire race of uh, mutants and took away all their powers and abilities and whatnot you know which changed everything about the x-men comics at that point so uh yes yeah, she is that damn powerful and she was able to take out the dark hold and it looked from what it appeared is that it looked like she may have ended her own life i don't think she's dead at all i think i think that our want 616 wanda is still alive um there's a lot of answers to be talked about and also where the hell's vision because if they're basing it on that situation, we still don't know where Vision is at at this point. Because Vision and WandaVision left and he went away. I I thought that he was going to make an appearance back. Um, that didn't happen. Because we saw Paul Bittany at the uh, red carpet of the premiere of the movie. So I guess he was there in support. But look, come to find out he was not in the movie at all. And not even mentioned at all in this case. And I thought that he was going to be the one that help her come to census with everything that was happening but that unfortunately that did not happen at least not yet um we still got a lot more to come and a lot more situations to come and we also have still king the conqueror eventually coming in some form of fashion so something is something big is gonna come in in, in when it, it gets to that point we just didn't see it happen so now how this ends basically you know we think everything's coming back and then also oh i forgot to mention you know the situation with um doc uh, christine palmer because it, the whole thing started with her getting married to another guy she she dated she married a black dude okay i see how she going <laughs> so um she uh she got married in here and you know steven still loves her but understands that like you know she's a lot happier now but he still wanted her and you know now see he's finding all these different christine palmers and these other universes and everything and he's 
now come to terms with that situation. We do see him come back into the into universe and it's fine. But now because of his thing with the Darkhold, he now has a third eye. So that whole situation is, and I believe that's something he that happens in the comic books too. So he has this new uh, situation with the third eye uh, now. And we see at the end of the movie, this eye is still inhabiting him. And it, it's, you know, he's now, he's getting headaches and all this stuff. So this leads into the credit scenes. We now get to credit scenes. The first end credit scene or mid credit scene, we now see the new character Kriya, played by Charlie uh, Theron, who we all know as Cipher from Fast, uh, Fast and the Furious series, one of the best villains that they've had in that series, bar none. Um, she's now going to be playing Kriya, who uh, is a sorcerer herself. And in the comics, she is a character that Doctor Strange is up having a love affair with. So this is going to be happening. They announced that there is going to be a third movie. The second scene it was nothing more than Sam Raimi trolling people because I forgot to mention when you have a Sam Raimi movie especially in the comic books it is not complete without the appearance and cameo appearance of Bruce Campbell this did not disappoint either in the other universe where the Illuminati was at we got a chance to see Bruce Campbell who plays what is called a pizza ball vendor and he gets rowdy with you know uh, Strange and uh, uh, America Chavez and he cast a spell where he beats him up for like a week or two. So the end credit scene comes where he's still beating up on himself and he finally, the, the spell wears off and then he looks at the camera and is like, it's fine. It's over. It's and that's about what show ends. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so crazy and stupid. But, you know, more power to him on that. I should also mention that um, America Chavez is now working or you know studying her powers with um the sanctum and in in the all the other sorcerers too so to help her you know with her powers and everything so we're we're going to definitely see america chavez again down the line maybe in the third episode uh series or maybe in our own series i don't know she's coming somewhere some form of fashion so we will see her again but overall i love this this again i thought this was a solid film um it wasn't the best Marvel film that I've seen, but I say it in terms of following up for a sophomore movie, this did solid. This did better than I would say Thor sophomore uh, movie. Um, I probably even Iron Man. I think this might have been a more uh, better movie than Iron Man two, in a sense, um, because they it brought it. It did so much. It, it there was so much fanfare in this. There was so many great moments and. That Illuminati moment was huge. I can't like the Illuminati is here and gone. The Illuminati was supposed to be the most powerful group of people ever. And Wanda was like none of that. <laughs> so, but we at least got to see Reed Richards for the first time enter in. We got to see Charles Xavier come in. So the X-Men and the Fantastic Four are now officially embedded into the Marvel Cinematic Universes. So I thought that was cool. We're getting a hint of what we're going to see in the long run of movies coming down in the future. So this was the, you know, this is Marvel's telling them, yes, they are here and they are coming. So we got to see that. I really appreciated it. I also appreciated that they mentioned Spider-Man still existing in this whole entire universe. And hopefully we'll get to see more of him coming down the line as well. So we don't know what they got plans, but we know that they're still working together 
to make some films coming up soon. So we will see. But overall, um, if I give this a grade, I think I, you know what? I think I will give this a a minus. Um, I, I think this is one of those films like I thought it was good the first time. I think when I watch it again, when it finally comes out on digital or um, comes on Disney Plus, whatever like that, I think I will probably enjoy it again because it was a lot to take in but i know what i saw it wasn't over the top it wasn't convoluted i understood the pace that they were going and everything that was going on i was thoroughly surprised at some of the outcomes in 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 uh twists to the whole entire thing um it's still hinting in my head that wanda's the main bad guy in this whole thing but it was great and it made sense and uh I thought they did a great job. I thought this is a great follow-up to Doctor Strange, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next with him. And uh, whether or not Sam Raimi is going to do this again, you know, kudos to him. You know, uh, in in the writer Michael uh, Waldron too. I thought they they put together a really good uh, series. So thank you again, and uh, folks, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. I hope you guys enjoyed the movie, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, look, I said it before. I'll say it again. I'm coming back to New York Comic Con. <laughs> I am. I just got the uh, heads up. I got the uh, press credentials for it, and uh, I am ready. The last year was great. This year is going to. I, I I predicted this year is going to be even better because now everything has calmed down in terms of the pandemic and everything. Um, less mask wearing and all this stuff, so people are going to be able to breathe freely. And uh, it's not totally over some people you know things will happen and uh we'll see how this goes from there but hopefully everything will you know we got a quite a ways before we got five more months <laughs> officially till we get to um literally five months to the day that is coming because it's going to be to the sixth to the eighth uh of october when it's coming and uh, i'm looking forward to it last year was a blast um i don't know what to expect this year i know there's gonna there are some announcements that are happening I'm ready. I'm ready to cover all of this again and do it again. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, what will be this week's select start? I, I'm actually might be changing up because um, I just got the book from Reggie Fizeme, uh that he talks about his you know journey from the Bronx to the top of Nintendo. And I'm going to be checking out that book. I got the audible for it. So I may want to use that as the actual topic for select start because of the situation with nintendo so that may be the top i do have some games that i can review but that may be a little bit more important than any game that i actually um review this week so stay tuned for that but we will have another episode of select start as well and as well as another episode of this show as well so if you like this in every episode, you can check us out on TalkTimeLive.com. has all of our audio episodes and video interviews with some of the best in all things anime, comics, movies, and games on there. There's also media content with uh, my Read Pop stuff over there. And you can also check out blog entries from, uh, you know, things that I've had as well in there. Um, I just went to, uh, for those who live in Philadelphia and Jersey, I just, yesterday, my wife and I, you know, uh, ate lunch at, um, Ryaku or uh, Ryaki Philly here in Cotman Ave. And, uh, it was great the first time it is great. Again, I, uh, it, this place is awesome. It's an anime themed ramen, uh, shop 
that's in Copman Ave over here. So if you go into talktomelive.com, you can see I did an article on it from my first experience there. And again, we went there yesterday, ate there. The food was absolutely great. I, re, I definitely highly recommend the Ryak, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the Ryaki fries. And they're, they're just so freaking good. Uh, unlike anything that you'll ever taste anywhere else, probably one of the best fries I've had anywhere guaranteed. And that's saying a lot. So, um, their, their Robin's, uh, selections is good. You can watch anime there all the time. There's a lot of anime artistry. Again, that article is on the blog section of talktimelive.com. If you're in the Jersey or Philadelphia area, check it out, check out the article and check out the, uh, the area too. It's just really cool. And it looks like they got more developments going on in that, in that region, in that neighborhood too. So that's pretty awesome. I showed this to Molly Flanagan, um, the voice of, uh, Naruto because they have the big Naruto mural in there. And, um, she said last year that she wanted to come next time they come down to Philly and, um, damn sure I could show her that place. I'm sure she'll love it. She's a big foodie. Her and her partner, Lisa are big foodies. So I'm kind of, I, I can, can, I can definitely say that I think she'll enjoy it, but I'm always a little skeptical because she eats in some of the most extravagant places too. So I'm sure she's probably had some really good places to eat ramen. But this place I can vouch as a small chain is pretty good. So if you would like to subscribe and download this show on your favorite platforms, we are everywhere where podcasts are played and downloaded and subscribe to, for instance, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Popping, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, Tumblr, yada, 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 where everywhere podcasts can be played. So thank you guys again. And uh, that'll do it for me again. Shout out to all your mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day to you all. And um, I wish you well. And thank you for all that you do for us and helping us make and becoming what we are today. So that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out there. Take care. Love you, mom. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.